0: Hi, this is Ananda, president of the Hare Krishna community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday, we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at ISKCONOFDC.org. That's ISKCONOFDC.org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. Hare Krishna. So I heard this joke the other day. Well, a while ago actually, uh, but it's apropos to what we're going to discuss today. Uh, <clears throat> so this this guy, this uh, person, this gentleman is going to ready to jump off a bridge and commit suicide. And a, a well-wishing person sees him and <coughs> goes up to him and wants to stop him from uh, from from jumping off the bridge. So, he, so you know, what is one thing they teach you, right, or you see, at least in the movies, that you try to start a conversation with the person, right, and uh, get them talking. So the person thinks, well, maybe he's a religious person. Maybe I can talk to him about that. So he says, uh, he says, uh, he says yeah, he says, uh, uh, are you, uh, well, he, first thing he comes, are you, are you a Christian or, or another faith? He said, no, I'm a Christian. And the person, the, the well says, oh, so am I. He said, well, are you Catholic or are you Protestant? And, and the guy says, um, I'm Protestant. And he says, well, so am I. This is, you know, starting to build rapport. And he says, well, what, uh, what denomination are you? He says, I'm Baptist. And lo and behold, the well-wishers say, I'm a Baptist too. That's fantastic. Um, so are you are you the Northern Baptist or the Southern Baptist? <laughs> right? And the guy says, I'm the Northern Baptist. He said, that's fantastic. I'm a Northern Baptist too. Are you the are you the uh, Northern Conservative Baptist or the Northern Liberal Baptist? And the guy says, I'm the Northern Liberal Baptist. And he says, that's fantastic. I'm also the Northern Liberal Baptist. And he says, are you the Northern Conservative Baptist Eastern region or the, or the Great Lakes region? And he says, uh, the Great Lakes region. So am I. So then he finally says, Are you the Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1879 or the Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes Region of 1912? And the man says, 1912. And the well-wisher says, die, you heretic, and he pushes him in the water. (laughs) So the moral of the story (laughs) is that uh, we can sometimes get quite caught up in even the littlest difference and make it make it a conflict. So I, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. Uh, have you ever like when you're starting, when you're thinking about something? Maybe it's a purchase that you're going to make, or or, or your child's going off to college, or something, or something that's on your mind, and you kind of start noticing that everywhere, right? Like let's say you're about you wanted to buy a car, and now all of a sudden you've been driving for years, but now you notice all the different cars. I remember when I was gonna first time I bought a new car was about. Four or five years ago, and I just noticed cars everywhere. You ever, ever had that experience? Right? You know, but even if you're trying to get like a Fitbit, so you notice everyone who has a Fitbit on. Is that the big one? The small one? Is that another company besides Fitbit? Right? And it, whatever it is, we tend to uh, notice those things, even though they've always been there. So for me, um, I tend to notice things in my in my profession, which is uh, which is conflict resolution. So when I was reading this uh, passage in the 11th canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, it really jumped out at me. And that's going to be kind of the uh, just the beginning basis of what we're talking about today. It, it, this is the verse. It's actually three verses. And it's something called the Uddhava Gita. The Uddhava Gita is kind of like, very similar to the Bhagavad Gita. Very similar concepts are described. It happens to be a little bigger than the Bhagavad Gita. And so Uddhava asks this question of Krishna. And he says... My dear Lord, how many elements of creation have been enumerated by all these different great sages? Because he says, I heard from you there's 28. And then he lists the 28. The the God, the Jiva, the Mahatattva, the false ego, the five gross elements, what are those? Earth, water, fire, air, and ether. Okay. Uh, The ten senses. Right, those are the knowledge acquiring senses, the nose, the ears, the eyes, etc. And the working senses, the legs, the arms, etc. Uh, and anyway, and then the three modes of material nature it adds up to 28. But he said some sages say 26, others say uh, 25, 7, 9, 6, 11, and even others say 17, 16, and 13. So what did these sages have in mind? He asked Krishna. Please, please explain it to me. So, <clears throat> Krishna explains. And he says, in just the next verse, he says, because all material elements are present everywhere, it's reasonable that different learned people have analyzed them differently. Right? And in the, in the explanation of this, it sa- the purport, it says that each of the philosophers mentioned here reveals a particular aspect of the truth, and their theories are not contradictory since they are simply describing the same phenomena with different categorical systems. So in other words, Krishna is saying they can all be right. But you can imagine these different sages getting into a whole fight. No, seven, no, nine, no, 13, no, 17, right? But Krishna is saying if you look at it from a certain angle of vision, they can all be right. And this comes up when you think about, uh, for those of us who are familiar, Krishna enters a wrestling arena in Mathura. Right, And there's all these different classes of people in the wrestling arena, and he's one person, Krishna, right, the supreme personality of Godhead, but everyone's seeing him differently, right? So uh, the wrestlers saw him as a thunderbolt, like, don't mess around with these uh, him in balaram, right. <clears throat> the gopis, the cowherd girls, they saw him uh, like Cupid personified, like the most lovable object, the same Krishna, right. Uh the, the other Brijbhasis, the residents of Vrindavan, they thought, well, he's one of us. He's he's from Vrindavan. He's not Mathura bassi, he's a Brijbasi. Right? They saw him as, you know, like a hometown hero. Right. So then the the impious kings, the others, the other kings that were there watching the they were they saw him as a very, very strong ruler. Another different, wholly different relationship and then his mother nanda and yashoda his krishna's well, that's a whole another explanation about his mother they saw him as a most loving child and kansa the the king of mathura at that time saw him as death personified so the question could be asked which one of those seven is right what do you think all of them very good <laughs> Yes, all of them. They're looking from different angles of vision. Like even police will say often. I, I work a lot with uh, uh, law enforcement people at my job, and they'll say often if they interview three people who witness a car accident, they may give three different uh, perspectives of what happened because they're looking from different different points of view. So yes, yeah, so in one sense, so we can say that all of them. Because uh, we're looking from different points of view. And, and what's interesting, in the purport, one of our great teachers, his name is Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, he, he comments on this verse that we just read from Krishna. And he says that, why is there a dispute at all? He said, and then he answers, he, he's um, paraphrasing Krishna. And Krishna says, why is there a dispute at all? Then Krishna answers, because of my maya's bewilderment. Maya means? Ignorance or illusion, yes. So because of the illusory, illusory energy, my Maya gives them the ability, and listen to this, gives people the ability to dispute for as long as the sun and moon exist. And isn't that sometimes? There, there seems like what we call in, in my profession intractable conflicts. <laughs> right, so that's sometimes they think of like Palestine and Israel or Pakistan and India. But we probably have our own versions in our lives sometimes. Maybe it's a coworker, Maybe it's a next door neighbor. Hopefully it's not a family member. I did a, I did a, uh, a successful conflict resolution um, mediation. Um, it was more like a facilitated dialogue. There was about 10 people in the room. And at the end, one of the women came up to me and said, are you available on Thanksgiving? I have all my family members coming into town. You know, could could you help out? right, so... uh, So Krishna says sometimes we can get into disputes that exist as long as the sun and the moon. Of course, it's, you know... (laughs) He's just being a little theatrical there, but you get the idea. So, um... Whoops. Oh, was there another one? Oh, yeah, I forgot that one. The yogis, they see Krishna as a super soul in the heart. Like Krishna in the heart. right? So... Uh, Krishna continues two verses later and he says, By interaction of my energies, different opinions arise. But for those who have fixed their intelligence on me and control their senses, these differences differences of perception disappear. And consequently, the very cause for argument is removed. So if we we can fix our intelligence on Krishna's instructions and be... uh, uh, please Krishna, serve Krishna, he gives us, he's in the Bhagavad Gita it says, dadami, budi, yogam, tam. He can give us intelligence to see things more clearly and not get into this whole ego thing that I'm right and and, and you're wrong. And uh, our founder, Srila Prabhupada, whose uh, statue is there behind us, or Murti is there, uh, he, he used to um, uh, like to quote often Aesop's Fables. right? And Aesop's Fables has this story about this father, who had uh, three sons, and they didn't get along with each other at all. They were constantly fighting. So the father came up with this idea of taking a bunch of sticks and binding them all together, as you see in the picture here. right? And then he goes up to each of the children, and he says, break, break the bundle. And they all, as you can see here, he's, he's getting ready to break the bundle. He's got his foot on. The, he cannot break it, and none of the three sons can break it. Then he unties it, and he hands them each one, stick instead of a bunch and he says break it and they can easily snap it in two right and he says this is the message that I want to give you if you can cooperate with each other if you can work together if you can focus on your similarities more than your differences then nothing can hurt this family but if you're at odds with one another our family can break very easily after I die so, so, Srila Prabhupada used to use this example also for our our Krishna conscious society, and for the society in general, right? There was a song when I was a kid: uh, "United we stand, divided we fall." Right? And if our backs I won't sing the whole song. <clears throat> There's a few people here old enough to, not young enough to remember that. Uh, so, very uh, nice illustration from from Aesop's Fables. So then, in the same, Krishna con- continues. This is the last verse on, on this subject. And Krishna says, Therefore, no matter which of these thinkers is speaking, I accept their conclusions as authoritative, because a logical explanation can always be given for each of the different theories. And, and the point being that all of these sages had the same goal in mind. They wanted to describe how ultimately how Krishna is above... The material elements. So whether he's above seventeen of them, or nine of them, or twenty-eight of them, they had the same common goal. So that's something I think for us to also learn. Right? Sometimes we can we can get caught up in our little differences, but at least as as a society of uh, everyone in this room, of uh, this sangha, of uh, aspiring devotees of Krishna, we have the same goal. So even that person who you know cuts you off when at lunchtime, and you know. That's usually me, uh, you know, and gets to the front of the line, or, or you know, um, hides your shoes or something because there was no shoes. I don't know, whatever. We can get very caught up in the uh, in small things and forget the bigger picture, isn't it? Has anyone ever had that experience? No, only me. Okay, so let's. So what makes us look at differences instead of similarities? Well, I think, let's go back to the Bhagavad Gita for a minute and look at these two verses. The mode of goodness, sattva guna in Sanskrit, is is explained in this verse, that that knowledge by which one undivided spiritual nature is seen in all living entities, though they are divided into innumerable forms, you should understand to be in the mode of goodness. So the mode of goodness uh, uh, influences us to focus on the commonalities. It actually focus on the commonalities. Right? So let's say probably a good environmentalist might be a in the, might be affected a lot by the mode of goodness. They don't care if the air pollution's in state of Washington or state of Oregon or Idaho or Montana or whatever. They want to clean up the air for everyone, right? Whereas others say, no, the winds blow south. Us in Canada, we don't care. Right? That would be, but so so looking at commonalities and. Is something that we're being influenced by the mode of goodness. Now let's look at the mode of passion, which is another energy that can affect us. And the mode of passion says that knowledge by which one sees in every different body a different type of living entity. You should understand to be in the mode of passion. Okay, so you're uh, you're from uh, West Bengal. And I'm from uh, UP. We have very different. No, we don't get along with each other, right? Or, or you're from. B- Actually, I'm from Bihar. Braja Bihari. Right. Uh, I'm a Bihari. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> from Patna. No. Uh, but we, right, we look at the differences, right? Oh, you, you like the Redskins, I like the Cowboys. Oh, we can't talk on Sundays, right? Or, or you like that music, and I like that music. Or we, we the tendency to look at the differences is something that's in the mode of passion. And that what often fuels our conflicts in this world. Right? Krishna says, Kama Esha, Krodha Esha, that when, when our material desires aren't satisfied, we get, we, we, it turns into anger. We get angry at one another. That's also the mode of ignorance as well. So this is a, a nice analysis from, from the Bhagavad Gita. So how to, how to deal with this? Like if you look at this, what do you see? Nimai, what do you see? Grandma and Grandpa. <laughs> Is he talking about your parents? Uh, and... No. Okay. So, and anyone see anything else? He sees uh, someone playing a guitar. What? Do you see the guitar, Nimai? Oh, you do see it now. Okay. All right. So you see this? Uh, they're wearing sombreros. You see that? So, who's right? Was Nimai right when he said the ma- the uh, Grandma and Grandpa, or when someone was saying no, the guitar playing? Uh, People with sombreros, right? We can, we can, everyone's still trying to figure. Sometimes it takes a little while, especially for uh, to see the the people with the sombreros, right? You see it? You do see it? Okay. Um, but at first we usually see one, and sometimes we don't see the other. But who is right? Both. Okay. So it's not that we'll talk about this in a minute. It's not that everything in the world everyone's right. We'll we'll get to that in a in a minute. But you can look at even the same thing and and see something uh, different. So uh, our, our founder, Srila Prabhupada, was also very, uh, he loved to tell this story about, another story, about, um, so two people are walking along the bank of a river and they're having this heated argument about what's, what is more effective in cutting things, a scissors or a knife. Right? And they're going on and on, scissors and all the, Wonderful qualities of a scissor. No, no, knife, if it's a sharp knife, it's so much better. Scissors, knife, scissors, And it gets heated and heated and heated. And finally, the person uh, pursuing the knife pushes the scissors guy into the river. And the scissors guy can't swim. But with his last breath, he puts his hand above the water and goes... scissors so we can also be like that sometimes right that we we hold on to our position and don't take any opportunity to try to see something from someone else's point of view right and we can yeah so William Blake uh it's a longer poem but I just excerpted part of it that and we can we could certainly uh replace Christ for Krishna and the Bible for the Gita Right, But the vision of Christ that thou dost see is my vision's greatest enemy. Both read the Gita, or Bible, day and night, but thou readest black where I read white. Right, So we can even read the same words and disagree. So this is, this is uh, in, in the Shastra, it said, in the scriptures, it said that this is the Kali Yuga, the age of quarrel and hypocrisy. And we can see it in, in different... Uh, in in how we can look at each, uh, so many things, so many things differently. Mm. So, yes. Who used to read the Gita? Okay, so one of the Nazis read the Gita. So he certainly read different than we we read today. Right. Yes. And and our uh, Mr. Uh, Hitler also uh, used the swastika. Of course, he had it differently arranged. But uh, yes, so. We don't follow that. <laughs> so let's look at a couple of, two, two stories from the, from the Shastras to illuminate how we can have different opinions and how they can both be fr- fine. So this is a picture of uh, Narada Muni is on your right, <laughs> right? And uh, next to him is Priyavrata, the, the Brahmach- he's dressed in Brahmachari. Right? And then the person going like this is Swayambhuvamanu. And Vamanu and Narada were having a disagreement. Narada is a renunciate and he thought, Priyavrata, don't get married. Don't run a kingdom. Be Be a renunciate like me. It's such a happy life. No problems. Right? He probably said, if you want to be free from samsara, what does samsara mean? Birth and death. If you want to be free from samsara, you have to be free from samsari. It's a bad joke, sorry. <laughs> it's uh, from an earlier time in his Uh So he was like preaching to him to be a, uh, a renunciate. And uh, Swayamuvamanu, he wanted him to, he was the king, and he wanted him to, uh, Priyavrata is his son, and he wanted him to come, you know, come home, son, and take over the kingdom. It's time for me to retire, take over the kingdom. So they're going back and forth like they're at like a tug of war with Priyavrata, his father on one side and his guru on the other. And what are you supposed to do in that situation, right? Because his father is also a great devotee, wrote the Manu Samhita. His uh, his guru is Narada Muni, wrote the, so many books, and Narada, you know, so many. So what are you supposed to do? So finally, Lord Brahma there on the Swan airplane, he he's the Param Guru. And he gives the final decision, and he tells Priyavrata, "Okay, you should uh, take over the kingdom, become a king, right?" <clears throat> but Narda was not angry. He said, "Let it be." He, right? Let it be. He said, "Okay, no problem." And but who was right? They were both. Swamibhuvamana was quoting scripture. Narda was quoting scripture. They were both right. One decision was made, but with the other beauty of it was that even the one who lost the argument, Narada was not at all upset. Right? Another example is, uh, so this person there on the ground was a, Ashvatama, his name, and he did a terrible deed. He killed five children in their sleep. And the, the woman there is Draupadi, and they were her five children. So prior to this incident here, we'll get to this incident in a second. Uh, Ashvatama was captured um, by Arjuna, and Krishna had told Arjuna immediately, "Just kill him." He, you know, and, he, and Krishna quoted scriptures saying that, you know, someone has done this is such a heinous act that there's nothing wrong with just finishing him off. And somehow Arjuna, so Arjuna tied him up and brought him to the palace, and that's where this scene is is happening there. So that's Arjuna leaning over him. And there's Lord Krishna to Arjuna's right. And then Bhima is the one with the sword. So a whole discussion takes place. So uh, Ashwatthama also happens to be the son of Arjuna and Bhima's guru, Dronacharya, and a Brahmana. And, and so Draupadi, even you know she her, her soft heart opens up and she says, well, we can't. No, we can't. We can It's not appropriate to kill him. He's your guru's son, and plus, my, I'm I'm lamenting so much because my sons were killed. If you kill uh, him, then Creepy, who is uh, Ashvatthama's mom, she'll lament like me, and I don't want that to happen to her. And Krishna hears these arguments of of uh, of uh, Jopadi, and he changes his mind. He said, "Well, yeah, that's that. I that sounds good." And Nakula and Sahadev, the two brothers of Arjuna they agree only Bhima disagrees right so Bhima just wants off of his head so what to do so Krishna gives Arjuna the intelligence to satisfy everyone and he, he, cuts, he cuts off the jewel that was on his head and, and makes his hair look you know, terrible and that is that embarrassment is as bad as death but who was right Bhima was also quoting scriptures someone who's done this Acts should get that kind of punishment. Dropadi was also quoting scriptures about the compassion. So both were right. No one was wrong in that situation. So that that is uh, possible. But if we let's look at those interactions a little more carefully, what made them work so well? Any, any ideas? What made what made those uh, in both of those in- interactions? What made them uh, kind of come out with you know what we could call a win-win situation? Okay, well, Krishna was there. Yes. Okay. What else? Open dialogue. Open dialogue. Who said that? Very good. Thank you. Yes, open dialogue. Good communications. You, you, we 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 didn't plan this. This is not. Yeah. Uh, yes. Good communications are a key to uh, avoiding conflict and here I just add something that uh, because assumptions and unclear expectations in my work are the two main causes of conflict in the world today at least you know just normal relationships I'm not sure about Israel and Palestine that may be a little deeper but in regular you know all the conflicts that we experience just one second yeah Uh, so good communication is very important so there was a good communication between, uh, in, in between Narada and Swayambhuva and Brahma in the first example, and between the Pandavas and Lord Krishna in the second example. So, yes, Guru. So Prabhuji said another important thing is, is having the right intention, having a purity of heart. Other ideas? Yes? Inclusiveness. Inclusiveness. You have both sides, so that's part of communication. Okay. And also, both sides were making a bona fide presentation they were based on Shastra, and as Prabhuji was saying, in moral standards, cleanliness of heart, right? So there, it's not that we're saying anything is good and it, there's no such thing as right and wrong anymore. But within certain boundaries, the boundaries of scripture in particular, there there can be a lot of variety, okay? And finally, there was a lot of trust, right? Narada Muni and Swayambhubha had a lot of trust. And... Uh, uh, the Pandavas had a lot of trust amongst themselves, a lot of trust in Krishna, a lot of trust in their wife Tropati. Trust is uh, is is such a key factor in uh, avoiding conflicts and having good relationships. It's number one thing, perhaps. If you think for a second, did I do this before in class? Uh, let's do it again if we haven't. If you just take a second to think of a person that you really, really trust, and don't don't say your guru or Śrīla Prabhupada, prabhupada Come down a few notches. But someone that you, you know and you know, maybe run into on a day-to-day basis or, or you know, a friend, a family member, whatever. Someone you really trust. You'd even give them your, the pin to your debit card. That's, like, that's serious trust. Right? You got that person in mind? Okay. Now think of a person you really don't trust. You re, you, you, what do they say? Uh, I trust them as far as I can throw them. Right, right? You really don't trust them at all. What, what, what is communications like between those two different people? What's it like when you see the person? How do you feel when you see those two people? Anyone? You have some. One person I avoid. One person I try to communicate with often. What else? Warm and cold. Warm and cold. misunderstanding right right if you try, when there's a trusting relationship you get it with the other person and when there's not even even you you said everything totally accurately they can totally misunderstand it and you're afraid of that so communications usually breaks down and you're afraid that anything I say could be misinterpreted and end up on Facebook right right like that yeah so trust is such an important thing in, in good relationships such an important thing and ultimately our trust in, in, in the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna. So, um, our, our founder, Srila Prabhupada, once talked about this, that the key is, is also be, in addition to trust and communication, is this idea of unity and diversity, that within boundaries, they allow for diversity, as long as, as long as people have a similar goal. So he says, but if we fight on account of diversity, then it is simply the material platform. Please try to maintain the philosophy of unity in diversity. That will make us successful. So if you look at our international society, we have a president from Ireland, and people from, many people here are from India, but different, different parts of India, right? It's not just all Gujaratis, not just all South Indians. We, have, we come from all different, where you are from, the DC area? Right? And uh, I'm from the most important place in the world. No. New York? <laughs> no. Only because Prabhupada wants. But we, we have we have we have so many different you know, if you look around the room, there's a lot of diversity here. But we have this common goal of serving Krishna to the best of our ability. And that's what brings it and actually in that case the um, the unit the diversity is more beautiful. Prabhupada once talked about flowers in a vase. It's one thing to have twelve uh, roses, that's very nice. But if you if you have a nice arranged a flower collection that has all different kinds of flowers that complement each other—it can be, it can be a wonderful, beautiful arrangement. Right? So, uh, the moral of this is that it's very—it's. Uh, we should get along with each other. <laughs> That's the bottom line. <laughs> now, I just want to uh, go one other point before we take uh, questions and comments. Um, And that is, when I was, okay, so a number of years ago, I was getting my master's degree um, at a Mennonite university in Virginia. And I was invited to speak at the church on Sunday, not give the sermon, but to speak to uh, everyone afterwards. So I went to the sermon, and uh, Phil Neese, this very uh, brilliant um, uh, pastor there, he he said these words, and and it really struck me. Um, He was talking to his congregation, and he said, "Let me suggest, at the risk of being the bearer of bad news, that if all we do is help a church or temple uh, full of diverse people be friendly, get along with each other, and not fight very much, then we are simply make then we simply make church, temple nothing more than a polite neighborly social club, and we settle for a cheap substitute for Christian community. So it's great that we don't fight with each other right we should we should." communicate with each other, develop trust in each other, but there's something also beyond that. And that is developing real, deep, sincere, um, spiritual uh, relationships with each other, spiritual individual practices, and really trying to go deep in our developing our relationship with the Supreme Personality of God. And not just gliding along the surface, but really trying to go deeper. So I thought I would end with this um, beautiful song that was written by one of our great teachers Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur um, and a few lines from it and he talks about this he said you should practice forgiveness like that of a tree and give up violence towards other living beings you should protect and maintain them hmm? so a tree, a tree is very forgiving right you, you may even cut its limb but it doesn't uh, protest In the course of passing your life, you should never give anxiety to others, but rather do good to them while forgetting about your own happiness. So it's such an interesting uh, reality that there's an inverse proportion, there's an inverse reaction. The more we try to be happy in one sense in this world, kind of the more happiness eludes us. And the less we try to be happy but try to serve others and make them happy, the more we become happy. Isn't it? interesting phenomena in this world and he's talking about that here. When one has thus become a great soul possessing all good qualities, one should abandon all desires for fame and honor and make one's heart humble. Knowing that Lord Krishna resides in all living creatures, one should with great respect consistently show honor to all beings. Do we do that? There's a nice saying that it's easy to be um, uh, respectful to, this is an Indian saying, to a king, but the challenge is to also be respectful to the sweeper in the street. Be respectful to all. By possessing these four qualities, humility, mercifulness, respect towards others, and renunciation of desire for prestige, one becomes virtuous. In such a state, you may sing the glories of the Supreme Lord. So developing this purity of heart, and this is a tough one, isn't it? Renouncing the desire for prestige, right? Renouncing the desire for prestige because we all, you know, we we want to uh, keep up with the Joneses or the Agarwals or, or whatever. Uh, that that's very deep in us, and and the, the comparison culture, right? Well, my son's going to uh, such and such university. Oh, well, mine's going to Harvard. You know, whatever. We have this. Uh, this, we, we somehow think that if we uh, if we go up the other person has to go down but spiritual life is a rising tide uh, rises all ships so uh, finally uh, Bhakti know he's weeping in, in his desire to serve Krishna. and he says submits his prayer at the lotus feet of the Lord O oh Lord when will you give me the qualification for possessing attributes such as these thank you hari Krishna. So, questions and comments? Yes, Prabhu. Is that all right? No, go ahead. They're so polite. They're saying, no, no, you. No, no, you. They heard the class.
1: That just sounds very much like Lord Chaitanya's
0: You know, that, that song by Bakunur. <laughs> yes, yeah, so he's mentioning the point that it sounds very much like the Shashaka, the uh, eight verses that Lord Chaitanya spoke. Yes. Uh, and just, a, just maybe just a second on humility. Because sometimes we can uh, conflate humility and low self-esteem, right? And when a great devotee is saying that I'm lower than the worm in stool, I'm so fallen, um, it's not about low self-esteem, it's, it's because they're focusing on how great the Lord is. And they're seeing themselves in relation to that. And really they're praying for guidance and shelter from Krishna. And not just like, oh my gosh, I'm just so lousy. But it's more that they're actually focusing on Krishna. What is that saying? Uh, uh, Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Like less often. Yes.
1: Is that on? Yes. So I was reading... uh, Is it on? I don't... It.
0: Hare Krishna. Okay, yeah. Okay. So um, hold it closer.
1: So I was reading the Shrimad Bhagavatam. Hold it closer. I was reading the Shrimad Bhagavatam. Uh, in that, so that everyone can hear. Uh, Pralad Maharaj um, was called in his uh, father's court, and you know, because he was chanting Lord's name, and his father said uh, that Krishna, uh, Lord Vishnu is our enemy, and on that. Um, I was a bit confused when Maharaj said, "We have no enemies and no friend, friends in this world. Right. We we'll only come to serve." So, does that mean we have no friends and no enemies?
0: A, a, okay. So, uh, very good question. So, the question is, are yes. So, um, friends and enemies is mentioned a lot in the seventh canto of Prahlad Maharaj. because he says, materialistically, we often think in terms of friends and enemies. <clears throat> this and it often ha- you see it in the internet like crazy these days, where they have these. Internet ghettos, right? If you have a certain point of view, you just read and listen to Fox, right? And if you have a different mindset, you listen to MSNBC. And 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 you don't, you know, you you might go to the other website just to just see what how bogus they are, right? So we get very so lots of times we like people who reinforce our false ego, our who you know our our. our material conceptions of who we think we are and those people who have a different conception hand to face right face to hand face hand to face yeah right so in that sense uh, a devotee tries to transcend that concept and thinks in terms of uh, no we're all that point about the mode of goodness we're all parts and parcel of Krishna we're all brothers and sisters we have the same father right so that's the point there now uh when we're trying to teach Krishna consciousness in this world, then a, a this gets a little technical, but something called a Majjama Adhikari, or a person who's like middle range in devotional practices, they, they make four distinctions. They, they serve the Lord. They make friends with devotees. They try to uh, help the innocent. And those people who are really envious and speaking badly of Krishna or the Lord, they, they avoid them so not exactly friends and enemies but they just say uh, or as uh, as our founder Srila Prabhupada would sometimes say you respect such people from a distance so we do try to transcend the idea of friends and enemies and, and have a more spiritual look and really see people as a soul who's part of krishna instead of uh they they're they're a republican or they're a democrat or they're a fan of this sports team or they like rap music or they like classic, you know, whatever. And we're looking at the differences. Is that all right? Some other other questions. You were also going to address um, that not everyone can be right all the time in their point of view that um, that there may be actually maybe one truth. Well, okay, thank you for that. Yes, Uh, yeah, and I really, you're right. I only like mentioned it really in passing, like 10 seconds. (laughs) um yes yeah, so the we try to be shastra chakshus, see through the eyes of of the vedic literature and so for example uh we try to practice ahimsa nonviolence. so we would so eat, you know killing animals to eat them is wrong uh raising animals to protect them for example the cow and taking their milk and then and even when they retire no longer give milk letting them live their life out that would be considered right so there is definitely right and wrong right uh um you know killing is wrong uh and uh you know t- uh, helping people in need is right so there are there's clearly right and wrong and, and thank you for bringing it up because in other words there's things outside of the boundaries but there are boundaries, but within the boundaries there is room for a lot of variety. The thing is that sometimes in our mind we make the boundaries like this. <laughs> and we think I'm right and everyone else even a little outside the boundaries is wrong. And so what we tried to show here is that within uh, boundaries of the guru's teachings and the Shastra's teachings, there is a variety. Is that okay? Thank you. Yes. Away in the back. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. I uh, always
2: enjoy your lectures. They are always good and thank
0: you. Uh, paid question? political announcement. <laughs> yeah. I, I, what is it? Uh, I, my name is Rajabhi Hari and I, uh, what do they say then? And I endorse. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But one thing. But, uh, there's the but, okay. <laughs>
2: you know, on the conflict, sometimes you're saying communication and trust and uh, sometimes you can have communication and trust but still egos come on the way. Uh-huh. And like husband and wife, they both love each other. They have trust and communication, but then the ego comes in, and that's where a lot of time the conflicts come in. And the other question, you, you made a comment. Oh, you're at, just
0: making a point. Okay, go ahead. Okay. And the, yeah, I'll, like I'll to, ask your hear, wife later if she I'll agrees like with you.
2: i hear, <laughs> hear from you, but, but the other thing is that you were making a comment that you can see the same thing but different interpretations. Right. And uh, example is you see Fox News and MSNBC, and then see what their interpretation is on the impeachment these days. Right, and it's completely, completely different the interpretation. And who is right, who is wrong? You know, it's your point of view. Uh, but the interpretation can be very different on the same situation.
0: Correct. Right. Yes.
2: So egos are egos are something you know which uh, personally I have seen it in many places. Uh, they come in and there are a lot of uh, uh, conflicts, fights, and what's your thought on that?
0: Well, we try to develop some empathy. Uh, Can I borrow your glasses? So empathy is when you really try to, for at least temporarily, stop seeing the world through your way of seeing things and actually really try to put on pretty similar, uh, really try to put on, uh, I'll keep these here, you're (laughs) going to... Really try to see through someone else's eyes, you know, because we all have, we see things differently. We have different parents, we have different upbringings, we have different social, economic backgrounds, we have grew up in different cultures. And, and according to the Gita, also we have Purva samskars from previous lives, impressions in our minds. So there's, th- thank you very much. So um, it's natural that we see things differently, right? But empathy means at least I try to understand where you're coming from so there was there was an example of this since you brought up politics they brought they put i think a dozen or ten people from Kentucky, of, well although they just voted for a Democrat, but generally a re- very Republican area, and ten people from the suburbs of Boston and they brought them together for three days and at first, they were sitting apart and you know you know, but with a good facilitator, they started trying to understand each other a little bit more right and the Kentucky people at one point said. I know you've been you've been suffering. What you you've been suffering for two years now. We've been suffering for thirty. And they were talking about the you know how difficult it is growing up in a place like Kentucky. So they develop some understanding of each other. So this is uh, this is uh, what what is what can help if we can even a person that we see things very differently. If we can go up to him and say, "Help me understand how you see things. Because I see things very differently." That doesn't mean we abandon our view. But it means we try to balance, you know, uh, courage and consideration, uh, courage of understanding our point of view and consideration of understanding another person's, and see if there is some kind of uh, way that we can both get what we need. And that's kind of like my field. That's what I try. That's what I do for a living. Is that all right? And we'll get together with you and your wife afterwards and work out all those problems. Uh, we still have a couple minutes. Uh, David Prasada. I liked what you said. I liked
1: what you said about transcending um, friends and enemies and trying to transcend that reality. It made me think of um, Bhakti Suddhanta Saraswati, Shri Prabhupada's Guru. He used to give classes, and there was some uh, gentleman in the back who would always, often heckle him, or harass him, or contradict him, and made uh, didn't receive his talks so pleasing so pleasantly. And then uh, some years later, he had left his body, and his disciples came to Bhaktisana Saraswati and said, oh, they were so happy. Oh, you're going to be so happy, Maharaj, when you hear this news. And they told him, and he became very sad. He was not happy at all. And they were a little bewildered. Oh, we don't understand. He used to harass you so much when you spoke, and, and we thought you'd be pleased. And he said so he was seen as an enemy by some. Right. And he, Bhaktisana he said, well, who, who's now going to correct me and keep me honest and keep me humble and keep me from becoming pride, uh, proud? So his concept of enemy is, is as a friend. He didn't make a distinction between the two. This person's my friend, this person's my friend. They're helping me to grow in these ways. So it came Thank to you. mind when you were speaking about transcending
0: those two. Thank you. And let's end with this little tidbit from Srila Prabhupada. He once said in a similar light, that do not be upset at the agent of your karma. So if you have some karma in this world that's supposed to be a difficulty or a challenge or disturb your mind and somebody is the deliverer of that karma, don't be upset. They are just handing you your karma on a nice silver platter. Hare Krishna, thank you very much.